I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a very fun episode for you guys today. Do you know why? Why? Because we're answering everybody's burning movie questions. We asked them online. You guys answered. We're bringing them to the podcast today. We got double movie reviews. We got movie news. We got so much to talk about, don't we? We do. Why should we wait any longer? (laughs) Let's get started. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast. One man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. All right, so today we are answering your burning movie questions. I put up a poll on my Instagram. I gave out the email last episode. Just wanting to know what movie questions you guys had. A bit of a different format today. If you end up enjoying it, maybe we'll do another one of these. But I just wanted to give everybody a chance to have any kind of movie question they needed answered. I'll try to answer it. So hit me first with that first question. All right. This is from Nicole. She said, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? And can you rank your all-time faves? Okay, I'll start with my worst movie ever. A movie so bad when I watched it the first time, but found myself probably watched it two or three times, and I'll explain why. And it is Jack and Jill starring Adam Sandler. (laughs) I know why you've seen it several times. And I've seen it several times because my mom loves this movie. And if you haven't seen or heard of Jack and Jill, it's easily, I think, Adam Sandler's lowest rated Rotten Tomatoes movie ever. And it's because he plays himself and his twin sister as both a male and female in the movie. And it's just as ridiculous as it sounds. Terrible plot, terrible acting, overall just a ridiculous movie. But there's a Mexican actor with Henry Derbez in it. He's a very prominent comedian in Mexico and he's in this movie. I think that's why my mom likes it so much. It's also just so ridiculous that it's easy for anybody to get. So she requested this movie for her birthday one year has it on dvd and i've probably seen it two or three times so a terrible movie that i've seen over and over again so that is my worst movie of all time but i do get this question a lot about my top favorite movies and i rank my top five now these are movies that over my life i've just kind of come back to i think they have to be at least out for maybe 
I'd say over five, seven years to qualify as one of my favorite movies. Because if I see something recently, it could easily be one of my favorites at the time. But I think these have kind of stood the test of time and ones I come back to over and over again. So at number five is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. First time I watched it, I think it hit me emotionally unlike any movie has ever hit me before. I felt the isolation Jim Carrey's character feels in this movie. And overall, I just think it's such a unique movie. And there's just so many things that I like about the way it looks and how it just holds up over time. And also a movie you could never really make again. A movie with Jim Carrey like this just wouldn't happen again. So it's one of my favorites at number five. At number four would be Her, which is Joaquin Phoenix. And I would say arguably before its time because it was him falling in love with an operating system, which I think... At the time, we didn't really have Alexa. We didn't, like, Siri was a new thing. Ours is going to go off in the other room. Oh, yeah. Sorry, everybody. We didn't have the A-L-E-X-A, everybody. Didn't mean to set those off. But I felt like it was so early on in those kind of stages that I think people now have tried to marry their smart devices. Like, I've seen news stories like that. But it was such a novel concept at the time. And a movie I just kind of really, again, like Eternal Sunshine, hit an emotional thing with me. And there was other parts of this movie that just kind of influenced me, like the way it looks, like the color tones in this movie. Like I wanted to dress like him after watching this movie. It made me want to become a better dresser. And I just love the overall feel of this movie, like all the reds and colors make it feel warm and stylistically everything about it is what I love. That's a number four. At number three, I would put Avengers of Infinity War, which I think is the best Marvel movie of all time. Like, better than Endgame, better than any Spider-Man, which is my favorite superhero. I just think overall, it's the best movie. There's the most dramatic action. There's no touching Avengers Infinity War. I think it's the best one. At number two, I would put Drive with Ryan Gosling, a movie I rewatched a few months ago. Still holds up. It's as intense as it was the first time I saw it. Has a killer soundtrack. It's now been out for 10 years. So, easily one of my favorite movies. And then at number one... Can I guess your number one? Yes. The Dark Knight. Correct. Yes. <laughs> number one is The Dark Knight because not only is it a great superhero movie, but aside from that, I mean, it was nominated for Oscars. It's just a great movie altogether. It really changed the game for superhero movies to make it to where they could be just great movies on their own and people not think about them. It's like, oh, that's just a superhero movie. It changed the whole game with that. So that is my favorite. Actually, I just ordered some prints off of Etsy. And it's these really high quality movie prints. And I have, I guess, three of the movies on here. They didn't have any Dark Knights because they kind of do more of the cool movies, I guess, from the shop I got them from. But literally have three of these movie posters on my wall now. So it's very excited about these movie posters. Very excited. So that's what's on my wall. Hit us with the next question. All right. This is from Alexis. Uh, the question is, what is the ideal length of movie for each genre? Great question. I always look at the runtime before I start a movie. Mainly because I want to know how to kind of invest my time into a movie and just kind of what to expect. And I think different movies require different run times. So I like to know the run time so I can know how many snacks I'm going to need during the movie. Another good point. Also, if you're going to a long movie in an actual movie theater, you want to know like around what time could I go to the bathroom if I needed to. Um, but I think... For comedy and animated movies, I feel like those are kind of in the same genre. I put those at 90 minutes. I don't need any more in a comedy than 90 minutes or in an animated movie. It's also very hard to make a good animated movie longer than 90 minutes. 
But especially with comedies, I think after about that, right at the one hour mark, you're kind of ready for it to be over. And 90 minutes, that's it. Bridesmaids is two hours. Really? Mm-hmm. 30 minutes too long. <laughs> I would say. That's the same thing I have with like all of Judd Apatow's movies. Like they're just too long. I bet you could probably take out 30 minutes of that movie, make it a better movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm not saying it's not as funny as other comedies, but I'm saying the ideal length, if I could have that movie down to an hour and a half, it would be a better movie. As you roll your eyes. I can't see you rolling your eyes. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes. Uh, for a horror suspense or action movie, I would say like an hour 45 is probably the sweet spot. You don't need anything else out of an action movie that you can't get an hour 45 minutes. It's, it's over by then. For a drama, a solid two hours. I think that's a standard time for a drama for a story to develop to really feel like you get something out of it, it has to be at least two hours. And then for a superhero movie, I was kind of going between two and a half hours, and then I was kind of looking at all the Marvel runtimes, because it's over like 50 hours of all the Marvel movies. And with Avengers Endgame being over three hours. Very long movie. Very long great. movie. It didn't feel that long. But that but movie needed long. to be that long. It needed to be that long. But overall, a good superhero movie, I'd say it's about two hours and 20 minutes. Which, they're always very long because there's a lot of story. There's a lot of just... The movies are so big that they need that amount of time to have all the special effects, really to get everything done. And it's also an experience when you go watch these movies. And they're movies that are going to be watched over and over again. So I feel like with all of the worlds they're creating in those movies, they need the extra runtime. I really think those are like the longest movies ever because of that reason. So... I think that kind of covers all the big genres and what I think about those runtimes. Next question, please. This is from Josh. Do plot holes bug you? Plot, you know, I don't have a problem with plot holes. You may have a different opinion. But I think when you make a movie, you're playing to the rules of the movie. And if there are certain plot holes that people pick out, that's how a movie, like, that's what a movie is. If, like, certain things happen, like, oh, why did he do this? Well, if they did that... It would kill the movie. That's what a whole, that's what a movie is. It's supposed to be things happening that you wouldn't expect to happen or people doing things for the sake of doing things. So action has to happen. And then sometimes when you come back and loop around like, oh, you know, there's there's plot holes in, in life. Getting very deep here. Let's not get philosophical here. <laughs> but it's just the same reasoning that why would I do something that I maybe normally wouldn't do in my own life is the same reason it would happen in a movie. And I guess sometimes things aren't explained fully in a movie. They're not perfect, but it doesn't bug me. I watch a movie. I interpret what they want to show me as the viewer. And I live with that within the confines of the movie. So going back and picking apart movies because certain things don't add up, I find that a little bit annoying and a, a kind of just an over-criticism in the movies. What do you think about plot holes? If it's super obvious, I'm probably annoyed by it. I don't know that I ever actually think, oh, there was a plot hole there. Like, I think I'm just kind of like, okay, this is the story that was told. Exactly. I don't think I'm bothered by plot holes. I think I'm more annoyed when a movie ends and, like, a story isn't wrapped up. But that's yeah. not a plot hole. True. That's just them not continuing the story. And it's, uh, again, with that, I like interpreting it after it ends. Like, you figure it out and you enjoy it after that. All right, we're going to wrap this question. <laughs> All right, next question, please. <laughs> From Andrew, what's your favorite comfort movie? Easily Friday. <laughs> Friday is just my all-around favorite comfort movie. I know it from start to finish. Um, ironically, it's a movie I can watch with my entire family and everybody enjoy. 
just a movie I have great early memories with. It's a very quotable movie and one you can watch and without any doubt just not have to have your brain on and enjoy it. I will say oddly too, my parents love this movie. Think, and that's like something you bonded with yes, your parents over was being able to quote Friday. Very early on. So if you ever need to break the ice with your significant other's parents, just start quoting Friday. I think it's a very quotable movie that people don't realize how much is pulled from that movie. And overall, I think it's just an underrated comedy. Like, people don't really put that movie up there when they're mentioning movies from the 90s that were funny and impactful on pop culture. So, Friday, a very underrated movie. My comfort movie. Another one that's kind of weird that's my comfort movie is National Treasure. And I think it's because it reminds me of being in elementary school. And, like, for some reason, we would watch that one to learn about history and even now as an adult, when I watch it, it just kind of makes me feel like a kid again. Okay. But Fair. another good one. Next question, please. This is from Valerie. If you had to watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? A very hard question. Because I have to think of a movie that doesn't get old, but the reason you watch it over and over again to be the one in your entire life because there's new things you could kind of pick out every single time you watch it. Twister. <laughs> no, that's a great one. I think I would get tired of Twister. We've watched it like seven times. We've watched it a lot. But I, I'm I, not tired of it. For the rest of our life, though, I think I would pick Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because it's a long movie, but there's also a lot of like little details in that movie that you don't pick up the first time you watch it, not even the second time you watch it. I've seen people kind of break down different parts of that movie, and I think a movie like that is something I would never get tired of. I think I would get tired of any other movie with like real people in it on the same plot line. So I think I would go with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. A very hard question, though. Does any movie come to your mind for that? Bridesmaids. You don't think you'd get tired of like the same jokes over and over like your entire life? No. Okay. Well, I don't really want to watch a movie to have to like, find new things in it. I know it is coming. It's funny. It makes me laugh every time. Well, there it you go. Change. Next question. All right, this is from Charlene. Best website to find where movies are streaming? A great question. And the best thing I've found so far is a website and also an app called Just Watch, which you search basically any movie you're trying to watch, and it'll show you all the places it's streaming for free. And if you have the app, you can put in all the subscription services you have. So if you have HBO Max, Hulu, Amazon, you put all those in, and then it'll kind of try to match you with where you have it for the best price. And then it'll also show you if you have like any of the cable channels, like where else you could watch it. And it's pretty up to date. Sometimes it's a little off. You'll search something and it's not there like it says, or it's not free like it says. But as far as being able to find it on as many streaming services, I think that's a pretty good one called Just Watch. Other than that, I think just Googling, and now Google has a pretty good feature where you click the watch button and it kind of shows you it's not as detailed as the Just Watch app. So that's usually what I use. Another thing on the Just Watch app, it'll show you like when movies are coming out. So like you can go through the entire week and it'll show you the day and you can swipe to the right and it shows you all the titles that came out that day. So not a paid thing. I just use that app and it's pretty useful. So I know a lot of people have that question too. So Just Watch, that's the app. Next question. Okay, this is from... Sarai, I apologize if I said your name wrong. What happens financially when a movie is a box office failure? Well, I think there are different things to consider when a movie is a failure. So 
it could do bad at the box office, but they still make up their money in other ways. And it's it's a reason that it's a failure. It could just be a bad movie that got bad reviews and made no money and it's a total box office bomb. There are other movies that are failures because they just don't meet their expectations. Like a movie like John Carter, which is one of Disney's biggest movies of all time. Flops, that is. And it's because they spent like over $230 million to make the movie and didn't make enough money to kind of recoup that cost because they thought it was going to be a much bigger movie. And just that margin kind of makes it that, that flop. So when a movie is a failure at the box office, it doesn't automatically lose money as in they can make it back when they sell it to like TV stations to replay the movie. DVD sales, you also have to consider the interna- international box office where they can make their money back. So one box office flop really isn't going to kill a movie studio. It'll kind of just affect, really start to affect the actors in it. If a guy is in one or two flops, that could affect their entire career. <laughs> like they'll stop offering them more movies. It could also, in very rare cases, shut down a movie company because, all right, they put out a flop. That was all their money. They're donezo, but for the most part, you can get away with one flop and still be all right. But overall, it's not great to have a flop. Which, going back to John Carter, have we really seen Taylor Kitchen anything since then? I don't think so. So there, it's disappointing for a lot of reasons. Yeah, so I mean, that's what a a flop could do to you. All right, next question. All right, this one is from Linz. Have you ever walked out of a movie in the theater before it was over because it was so bad? I should say I have a funny answer to this one, too. Okay, I am a pretty big, like, stick it out the entire movie. I guess it's because I'm a not a wasteful person, and I feel like you're already paying for the ticket. Who are you really sticking it to by leaving the movie early? I guess if you have something else to do and you're really wasting your time, but I will watch a bad movie all the way to the end. The only movie that I was ever considering walking out of was a movie called my best friend's girl with dane cook kate hudson and jason biggs and it was an hour and 40 minutes of pure torture and it was at a point where dane cook was probably the biggest comedian at the time and he was starting to do movies and they were pretty awful and it was just so bad about 30 minutes into it i was done but i stuck it out so that is probably the worst movie i've ever seen in theaters that i wanted to walk out of what was yours i have two one, we didn't leave. We almost did. But I took my grandma to see Talladega Nights. Okay. <laughs> we didn't fully watch the trailer before going into it. So that was a mistake. And she just hated it. And we almost got up and left. But it it was one of those where you sit there and you're like, it's going to get better. And then by the time you keep saying that it's over. So we sat through it. But that was a regret. And then the other one is Wally. You didn't like Wally? My entire family got up and left and we went to see Kung Fu Panda again. Wait. For the second time. We walked over to see Kung Fu Panda. You didn't like Wally? No, I can't stand that movie. Why? And I hated when we had to watch it in school. Wally. Why don't you like I Wally? Set something off here. <laughs> it just doesn't really have a plot to me. My jaw is on the floor. I just don't like it. I think We've had this conversation. I know, but it's such a great movie. Not in my opinion. Okay. Like literally, I think it was also that we took my little brother to see it because it looks like a kid's movie. And it yeah, didn't. it so has a we bigger plot than Kung Fu Panda, the, the which is movie. hilarious. And I could watch that several times. Okay. So those are my two. There you go. I don't agree with one, but it's fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. <laughs> Next question, please. All right. This is from the BBS B team. Shout out. One person likes horror movies. The other person likes rom-coms. What do they watch together? A great question. We can answer this. Now, you like rom-coms. I do. I like horror movies. The movies I picked, you haven't seen. 
And let's see if you would be into these. Now, the early 2010s, zombies were very popular with The Walking Dead. And I felt like it kind of translated into movies of everybody wanting to do zombie things. Probably an oversaturation of the zombie genre. But there was a movie called Warm Bodies that came out. And it's essentially about a teenage zombie who falls in love with a human and it's their story. It's a really good movie. It's really well done. And it's that mix of like having the horror a little bit element because it is like a zombie movie. But then again, I don't feel like zombies are full on horror. There's not people getting like their heads ripped off in this one. It's just they're zombies. So it's going to be a no for me from the plot. I think that's that's a kind of in the middle of that genre, a rom-com horror, which is a very two hard genres to mix together. You just skip and like go for a drama or an action movie. There you go. But there's also like Zombieland. Haven't seen it. Or there's a movie called Life After Best with Aubrey Plaza. They're all zombie movies with love. I just am not big into the zombie. I was into it for the very early 2010s when everybody else was into zombies. And then I watched the Zombieland 2 remake, or I guess the sequel. And I was like, I'm kind of over zombies. Like, I think it was a cool little fad for a minute. But I think those were done right. And it's that mix of horror and rom-com as close as you're going to get. So... I'll go with warm bodies. That is my answer. Next question, please. This one is from Ty. Favorite comedy spoof? I love the comedy spoof genre um, because when it's done well, it's hilarious. My favorite one would have to be Spinal Tap, which is about a fictional rock band coming to the United States for the first time for like a big reunion tour. And very much my type of comedy. I'm a big fan of The Simpsons, and one of the voices of The Simpsons is in Spinal Tap. And overall, it's just a very dry humor, kind of what like like a British comedy would be, like what the original Office is, that kind of humor in a movie mixed with music. So that's probably my favorite comedy spoof. Um, other ones would be Team America, Tropic Thunder, and probably This is the End. Those are my favorite ones. Next question. This is from Madison H. Do you have a movie that you've seen a lot but still have a new takeaway? Movie goes back to what you answered earlier. Yeah. Well, a movie I watched recently that I had a different takeaway was Toy Story. I kind of have a theory with Toy Story now. And first of all, I don't think Woody's that great of a guy. (laughs) Like, he straight up tries to take out Buzz Lightyear in this movie. And I kind of explored that whole what the psychological things behind Woody's brain are in Toy Story 1 and in Toy Story 2 that I kind of took away. Like, he tried to take out Buzz Lightyear to remain the favorite. He has a problem with that. And then in Toy Story 2, he kind of has the ego trip when he finds out how big of a deal he was back in the day with the TV show and all this merchandise. So I think there's something going on there with, with Toy Story a bit that you don't explore. It's a bit of a darker movie. Then you think, I also had this theory of like why the toys come to life and the fact that you never really see Andy with friends in the movie. You don't really find out why he doesn't have a dad in the movie. So I think there's a whole other concept of like the toys and <laughs> Andy's whole thing with them. I'm going to be honest, I glazed over a little bit for the last of that because we just <laughs> went so far into that. That is what I think about. That is what I think about when I watch that movie now. So I don't quite watch it the same way I did when I was a kid. (laughs) You also watched this at like 11 o'clock at night. You had this many deep thoughts about Toy Story at 11 o'clock at night. That's when you have the deep thoughts about Toy Stories watching at 11 o'clock at night. Thank you. All right, next question. This one is from Jasmine Rose. Can you do a movie review in eight seconds? All right, time on the clock. 
I'm looking at it. I'm going to do the movie Unpregnant, which is a movie we watched last year. I never got to review it. Here it is in eight seconds. It's super bad, but with girls on a crazy road trip that will make you laugh. Is that eight seconds? Yes. <laughs> All right. There you go. Great question. Let's do like two more questions. All right. This one is from Maisie. What's your go-to movie candy or snack or drink? This is, I love this question. Okay. I have a different answer for at the actual movie theater and then at home. I have three different answers. Okay. okay. I have an answer for the actual movie theater, like an AMC. Okay. Or like an Alamo draft house or at home. Okay. All right. You go first. All right. So at the movie theater, like an AMC, it's a Diet Coke and a bag of peanut M&M's. Not a Diet Pepsi, a Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Has to be Diet Coke. Has Got to be it. Diet Coke. All right. Now, if I'm at like an Alamo Draft House, which if you don't know what Alamo Draft House is, it's like kind of more of an upscale theater. They serve all like... Yeah, like dinner and... Dinner, movie. appetizers. So there, I'm going to go with either a frozen margarita Ooh. and chips and queso or a beer and a soft pretzel. Okay. And then if, I'm at, if I am at home, it's just going to be like a Zevia root beer and some pretzels and maybe some M&Ms still, but not chocolate covered pretzels, like separate, like pretzels separate. and M&Ms. Pretzels and M&Ms. Get very <laughs> passionate about this topic. Great one. Okay. For me at movies, I'm going just classic snacks. I'm going just straight popcorn, extra butter. When was the last time you ate popcorn with extra butter? I'm saying if I go into movie snacks, <laughs> this is what I in want. In all of the movies we've been to in almost three years, it's a quest bar stuck <laughs> in my purse for me to sneak into the movie for you and a bottle of water. Yes, but I'm saying if I'm going to get snacks from the movie theater that I'm going all in, this is what I'm getting. <laughs> popcorn, extra butter, a cherry icy, and then I don't know if they still sell them, but they're the little ice creams called dibs. dibs. Yes. <laughs> Which they were a very fancy snack when I would go to the movie theater as a kid. And only the rich kids would get these and be like, man, mom, that kid got dibs. No, no dibs for us. Um, But at home, I like these. They're called lesser evil snacks. And they have the paleo puffs or they have (laughs) the vegan veggie ranch sticks, which I like. Again, I'm vegan if you don't know. So I love a good crunchy snack that's also vegan. And then I also had Zevia root beer on my list. So we are the same there. There we go. The best flavor is Zevia. It is the best flavor, which we've tried a lot. We have tried a lot. Trust us. All right. And last question. All right. This one is from Veronica. Do you think people will go to movie theaters the way we did before COVID? No, I don't think so. I think we've gotten a taste of what it's like to watch new movies at home and the movie i'm going to review later is a movie that came out this week or last week in theaters and on hbo max so i think it is impossible to go back to how the way things were before we're going to want that at home experience and the theater experience and the ability to choose so and i really don't see us going back full force into movie theaters for a while I almost think in the grand scheme of things getting rolled back out, that that's not really up there on the list of things. You want to get back to like just everybody having normalcy in their jobs and in even like the concert touring industry. There's more of a push for that. I think movies are way down there because we are able to still have them at home. So I don't think it's going to go back the way it was. It's going to be a lot different. I think it's going to be great for us as viewers of having options of how to watch movies. But I still think that whole old school approach to just being able to watch new movies in theaters is going to go away. And I think at the first time ever, I'm kind of okay with it. Like I was so big on not having any kind of takeaway from that theater experience. But for about a year now of watching movies at home, brand new movies, like I'm kind of for it now. I will say I miss it. I miss the experience of it. I miss that it was something to do to get out of the house 
It's like a good like date night, like go to dinner and a movie. Yeah. So People, I will be yeah. excited when we can safely go back and see things in like a crowd and like see a big movie like on opening weekend. I do kind of miss that. Like you would get really excited and like you buy your tickets ahead of time. Yeah, I think people will always want that experience of getting out of the house and doing something. That'll always be a thing, but for people who just want to watch the movie at home and just take it in like that, I think that is going to be a thing still too. So we'll see what happens. I also miss the pressure of like not being able to be on my phone in a theater because you don't want someone to yell at you. That's true. I just pick up my phone too much when we're home watching things. Like not even intentionally. Like I just absolutely grab it. Yeah. So I miss like the fear of someone yelling at me for being on my phone. I'll yell at you if you want. You do yell at me. <laughs> I do so on my phone. Well, thanks everybody for sending in your questions. I do have some left over that I didn't get to. Maybe if I get some more and you did enjoy this episode, let me know and we'll do another burning movie questions episode later down the line. So gonna come back with some movie reviews right after this. I'm Elliot Connie and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes. I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. 
All right, going to get into a couple movie reviews now. We're going to start with a movie we both watched this weekend called Palmer, starring Justin Timberlake. Before we get into that, here's just a little bit of the trailer. That boy, that's Sam. His mama took off. He'll be staying with us till she's back. Do you know when the mama's coming back? He's going to have to go in the system. There's something seriously wrong with that kid. Would you send me free? How did you end up in prison? Don't matter. I did what I did. All right, so if you want to watch this movie, it is available only on Apple Plus. So if you have anything against Apple Plus or getting another streaming service, we'll let you know by the end of this review whether or not it's worth it. I was waiting a good while for this movie, and I think the trailer was kind of the first step that I was like, okay, this is going to be kind of an emotional roller coaster. It kind of made me have some feels just from watching the trailer alone. And I knew we were going into it that it was going to make me feel something. After watching it, I was like, that was all around a really good movie. Like, what'd you think about it? I thought it was great. I, it had been a while since we watched the trailer and I hadn't watched it again. So I kind of forgot what the movie was about. Yeah. So I went into it just blank slate, which I, I'm more like that out of the two of us. I kind of like to go into a movie, not always knowing what it's about, having zero expectations. There were parts that made me want to cry. There yeah. were parts that made me laugh. I thought it was great. Yeah, so the movie is about an ex-convict played by Justin Timberlake. He comes back to his hometown, and he develops this relationship with this boy who pretty much just has a really troubled at-home life. And it's their kind of bond throughout the entire movie. And I think what made this movie so good is that their relationship was really believable. And it was really kind of something special that you haven't. I haven't really seen in a movie in a while. And you get so invested in the kid's life and the introduction of Justin Timberlake kind of taking care of this kid because he just is in an awful living situation and his mom is just going through some really rough things with drugs. And what the movie is basically about without ruining it is she basically abandons him and leaves him to live with Justin Timberlake. So it's them kind of forming that bond of like him taking care of him, how different the kid is and how he gets bullied for the choices he makes and what he wants to do in life. And just a really great story. I think it's just done so well and makes you like kind of open up your eyes to like what a kid like this would go through. And just like something just, it gets sad. It gets inspiring. And I just thought it was great. What, what else do you want to say about it? I don't feel like I have anything else to say without, I don't want to give anything away. So I'm trying to choose my words carefully. I thought that, the actor playing the kid did a great job too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a really, what's a good way to, it was a beautiful story of just like perceptions being changed and challenged and societal norms and just what that looks like for somebody to kind of come around to seeing things differently than what they previously had. If that's a good way to round about without ruining things. And the other part that was interesting is Juno Temple, who was in, Ted Lasso plays a totally different character in this movie from her character in Ted Lasso. She does. I was like, I liked her way better in Ted Lasso. Yeah. Like this movie, you don't really like her character all that much, but you also feel bad for her throughout the movie. And it just kind of shows her range as an actress to go from playing that kind of character to this kind of character. I thought she did was really great. And overall, I thought this was a really great cast. Like I thought that was another layer to the movie too, of like her storyline. Yeah. Like I feel like that added, depth to the movie yeah this movie had yeah like you said unsurprising depth to it 
Like I wasn't expecting to kind of for it to go in so many levels and also just so many things happen in the movie that you're like, it didn't feel like an hour and 50 minutes. It just kept rolling and you're like, man, like, like I'm invested in It was this. so good. I will say, and I've said this before, I frequently have to get up during the movie to go pee. I was so invested that I sat through <laughs> never, the whole hour and 50 minutes. Sat through the whole thing. So that tells you how good it is that I did not get up. If you had to give it a rating, what would you rate it? 4.25 out of 5 tea parties. Pretty, yeah, it's a pretty high rating. I would go 4 out of 5 superhero princesses. A very solid movie and one I think that you can watch, like, I think a lot of people would like this. Like, you don't have to like a very specific genre of movie to enjoy this movie. Like, I think, like, a whole family situation could watch it. Couples could watch it and everybody kind of pick apart things that they enjoy. So, I we think... We will say it, as far as family, not kid-friendly. There, good point. <laughs> it's not kid-friendly. <laughs> Please don't watch this with their kids. There is some nudity. <laughs> a great point. We were talking last week about nudity. Was it within, like, the first 10 minutes you get yes. butt? yes. There, don't, wa- don't watch this with your kids. So there family is, situation in that your kids, that are, your like kids are older. Out of the house. Yes. There is nudity, <laughs> sex scenes and drugs, it. drugs, language. Well, yeah, I think it's rated R now that I think about it. Okay. It's not a full on family film. Just saying like you and your parents could watch it. Okay. It's not a family film, even though there's a kid. I'm going to backtrack you know, that one. I think about that now because the kid actor in the movie, like they can't really watch the, their own movie. I guess. Yeah. I always think that's fascinating. Well, I always wonder, too, with kids that take on in, like, crude comedies, and they're just, like, spitting out the F word left yeah. and right as a kid. They're like, mm. You can't watch this movie. <laughs> anyway, that's what we think about the movie Palmer. I'll get into the little things, which I watched, you didn't watch, and I have to agree, you would have hated this within, like, 10 minutes. So the movie is called The Little Things. If you want to watch it, it's on HBO Max. You got Denzel Washington. You got you got Jared Leto. Rami Malek. And Rami Malek. <laughs> there we go. Uh, here's just a little bit of that trailer. What do you want? I want to nail the... For who? For all of the girls he killed. I want to nail them too. The difference is, I'm doing it for me. It's little things, Jimmy. So the thing about this movie is there's so many great actors in it. And you think if you put this many great actors into a movie, like, how could the movie be bad? And right around the first scene, I was like, okay, this looks a little bit different. I think it was supposed to be kind of like an ode to like a 90s suspense kind of action movie. Overall, just kind of a criminal drama, you say. So you have these great actors, but there's really no great action. It's such a slow movie. And I'm the whole time I'm watching it, waiting for something kind of big to happen because that's kind of how they pay this whole movie. It's Denzel Washington, used to be a detective, comes back to Los Angeles where he was a detective, and you kind of reveals his story of like why he stopped doing it there. And he gets this fascination of now tracking down a similar criminal to the one that essentially broke his career. So they're trying to pin these murders on Jared Leto. And then you have Rami Malek playing the new detective that took Denzel's spot. And I just found him as a very unbelievable detective. Like, he does things in the movie that don't really make sense or, like, for any kind of detective to do. And it was hard to see him. I don't know if it's because I was picturing him as Mr. Robot or picturing him as, like, Freddie Mercury. But he was very unbelievable in this role. Denzel was great. Like, he's totally Denzel in this movie. He's a great actor. But overall, 
the movie didn't make sense to me. I thought it was pretty boring, very slow. And as great of a performance as all the actors did in their own parts, the movie didn't really make sense in the sense that the plot line just doesn't add up to like what real detectives would do. And it was just kind of boring. I was expecting something more along the lines of like a crazy kind of revelation or something to come throughout this movie. And it just wasn't there. So I would give it, I may even go down a little bit. I think I would give it two out of five bite marks. I was almost leaning towards 2.5 because I'd say that maybe the first part of the movie, they set it up to be like, okay, we're going to track down this killer and find out all these things about him. And then overall, it just kind of started to let you down more and more as you watch the movie. So yeah, I think it would go down to two out of five bite marks. I feel like my mom's going to call us on Monday after she listens to this and disagree with you because she even texted me last night and said, I think Mike's going to like this movie. So she's going to hear this and have some words. Well, that's what I think about. You know, I did get another message about that, about somebody who said they they like the podcast. They don't always agree with my movie reviews, which I think that's fine. Like, I'm just expressing how I feel after I watch them. You don't have to agree with my reviews, but I'm just saying how I felt. So there you go. We don't always have to agree, but we're here to discuss. <laughs> but that's what I think about the little things. Um, if you don't have an HBO Max subscription, it's not worth hopping over for which I think later down the line, they will have some great movies there. But first one up, didn't quite hit the nail for me. Now, covered movie reviews. We've covered questions. How about a little bit of movie news, which I think you have the first story today, don't you? I do. I did my homework. Uh, I brought my article today. What do you got? Uh, There's a study that said 60% of Americans say staying at home during the pandemic has made them movie buffs. 63% of respondents said the pandemic has given them an excuse to watch the classic films they've always meant to see. That's a pretty good representation of people. Like, I think I watched a couple movies that I hadn't seen for some reason. They just kind of got away from me and I wouldn't have had time to watch otherwise. But I think it kind of gave me more time to consider all the new movies coming out, like kind of really zone in on those. But yeah, do you feel like you're more of a movie buff now? I think so. I think we've watched a lot more movies than... I would have. And that's another point they made is that 55% of people said that postponement of the awards season gives them more time to see eligible films that is more great, than in the past. Yeah. And a lot of those movies also got delayed on the way they're coming out. Because usually what happens is award season is right around, like the movies start coming out in November, December, and then the awards are pretty much at the very start of the year. But now you kind of have more time to watch those and take those in. So you're not really like... They all get announced and then you're rushing to watch them. I think now they'll all come out and then the awards will happen later. So we have time to actually watch those. One more point they made is that it revealed um, a new trend, which would be virtual movie nights. So people using like the Netflix watch party oh, yeah. extension or like I think Hulu and Amazon Prime have those now. So for people to be able to watch movies with their friends virtually. Which we did that. With Tiger King. Tiger King, yeah. <laughs> also in movie news, Warner Brothers has already pushed back Godzilla versus Kong. Back a week, so it now comes out on March 31st. I think that movie looks pretty good. I was watching the trailer when it came out. I'd like to know the logic of pushing it back one week. I really don't know (laughs) at this point, (laughs) which it kind of sucks that I was expecting all those movies to stay on track since they are coming out on HBO Max on the same time, but even those movies aren't safe. The only ones that are really safe are basically Netflix releases. The Zack Snyder Justice League cut finally has a release date. It's coming out on March 18th. I'm not that excited about this. I have a feeling they're just going to make the movie longer. I know they reshot some scenes for it. But everybody just keeps hyping up this Zack Snyder Justice League cut. Like it's going to be 
the best thing ever. I thought the Justice League movie was fine. It was okay. It's no Avengers. There's some fun parts about it, but I don't think it's going to really make me want to sit down and watch it again. I'll get to it eventually, but I'm not ex- waiting for that one to come out. I am waiting for SpongeBob on the run, which is officially coming out in the U.S. on March 4th now, which it's already come out internationally, so everybody like in Canada and other countries have already got the new SpongeBob movie. But I'm excited to see that one. You know what? March 4th is a Saturday. Perfect for your Saturday morning cinema. There there we go. We got it in the books. Your 7 a.m. Saturday movie. They're also working on a Cloverfield sequel with J.J. Abrams producing, which I think they said they're not going to do it like the found footage style. It's just going to be another sequel, which I like the first Cloverfield movie. Even the one that they came out with straight up on Netflix was good. I just hope they're not just taking the Cloverfield idea and slapping the name on it. But if J.J. Abrams is involved in it, I think it'll be pretty good. So that is movie news for this week. And we have to get to our shout out, which last week we talked about coffee. We talked a lot about (laughs) coffee. We talked a lot about coffee and we actually have an email about coffee. So this listener shout out comes to us from Morgan. And again, all you have to do to get a shout out is email me, moviemikeD at gmail.com. Tweet me at Mike Distro or send me a DM on Instagram. And this is Morgan saying, good morning and happy Friday. I feel so dumb emailing someone I don't know, especially about a subject that's not a part of your podcast. That's all right. We'll take any question at this part of the podcast. She says, however, when you and Kelsey were discussing coffee in one of your recent episodes, she indicated you switched to black coffee and you buy the good stuff from Amazon. I recently switched from black coffee myself, still getting used to it, but was curious to what coffee you buy because I'm not sure... I would know what's good or not, and I would love a recommendation, which I emailed her back and said, we get... We sent her Amazon links. We sent her Amazon links to all of our favorite coffees, and we do love coffee. She also writes, also, thank you for doing this podcast. I love movies, and it makes me happy to hear how much joy movies bring to you and others, and know that I'm not the only one who has movie marathon days and weekends, breaks things down and researches things, etc. To be 100% truthful, I don't always agree with your opinions and reviews, but I enjoy hearing other points of view. So there we go. That's what I was mentioning earlier. <laughs> like, you don't always have to agree with what I think about movies or how I review certain movies, but it's just a place for us to all come together and talk about movies. And coffee. And coffee, apparently. So appreciate you, Morgan, for that email. Let us know if you have more coffee questions. More coffee questions. One of our favorite we'll subjects. We'll take them here. We are actually drinking Starbucks coffee as we do this episode. And we also got a lot of questions about rom-coms and kind of romantic movies which i think we'll hold all of those for next week and do a full-on romantic comedy romance movies for valentine's day which is coming up perfect and aside from that i do actually have this love book that i made you, you which did make me a love if you book. listen to this podcast you probably heard the commercial i do talking about this love book but just know it's actually a thing i made like i don't just talk about it and i find you from time to time picking it up just to look at her i do it's very sweet it, you took time to like Pick out each page and say very nice things. I wanted to make it special. So it's a pretty cool thing to do. If you're looking for something for Valentine's Day, you can make a love book and use my promo code MovieMike and you get a discount. There we go. We do. We keep it on display in the living room. There Not that anyone sees it because <laughs> we're the only ones here, but I look at it. There you go. <laughs> so thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next Monday here. Until then, later. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this.
People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy, yeah. right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 